Hello, listener, and welcome to episode 19 of Hearty Dice Friends. My name is Grant Howitt, and this guy over here, it's Chaboy, it's Chris Taylor. Hello. And we're here to answer your role-playing questions, whether you want us to or not. Don't know whether you can hear that, it's a very... A loud train going past my apartment. My apologies if you can, but that's just a reality of living where I am now. So um, maybe we get maybe we get some train content on the podcast. Maybe maybe you could just you try know? and interview one as it goes past. <laughs> Find out its views, thoughts, opinions. What do you think about Hackmaster? Do, excuse me, Mister Train. Do you have any hot takes? <laughs> what do you think about Mike Mills' new positive initiative system for D and D five e? Do you think Do you think you could perhaps put your reply in one hundred and forty characters or less? Oh, wait, you're a train. Ah, oh, I should That's not have tried this. Although I have amazingly been keeping up with the train. <laughs> I don't know how this is working. Uh, we, are, we are on episode three of our pocketed episodes at the moment. So this, these are being recorded far in advance of when you're going to hear them. And uh, we, have, we have very recently just finished recording an episode of uh, Six Feet Under, which is uh, General Ironicus's podcast where we play the Spire. Uh, which was a little bit nerve-wracking because it's kind of our our first time on a proper podcast together. <laughs> yes, and and I mean like I don't mean that that seems kind of rude because we did uh, we did um, Jim McClure's podcast last year, but yeah. that was just you and me hanging out and shooting the shit, which is fine. Yes, like at this point we had to be well, one of you is going to pretend to be an elf, and the other one of you is going to have to pretend to be every other elf. Yeah, the the, the first one didn't feel like work, as it no, were. No, this yeah, it, it didn't feel challenging. Yeah, whereas this was like. Oh, good impressions must be made. Yeah, I think I think we did pretty well. We managed to swear in Elvish. I think we literally held our own. I, I was I was there was no webcam, so I was literally holding my own throughout the entire exactly. thing. Yeah, trouserless and you know in, enjoying life. <laughs> I think I was wearing a skirt at the time, <laughs> as is my want. Let's uh, let's answer some questions because I think these people are going to be like these people. They've, they've, they've gone a week without our trademark wisdom, and they're going to be hungry little baby birds, thirst for knowledge. aching, aching for some wisdom. All right, I'm a, I'm a, quivering. I'm gonna sling the first question at you. Yeah, bring it over. This is from Gore Vidal. Oh, the Gore Vidal? I don't believe so. Because mm, it didn't say the Gore Vidal. Yeah, like so it's just Antonio a coincidence. Wrote in. Yeah. I'm going to warn you. There's a lot of names where I'm going to say. I don't believe it's the real one as we go through this week. Yeah, I'm seeing the list you've put together here, and I'm, I'm yeah, I mean, mm, let's go for it anyway. Anyway, what are three great mix-ups to stop the we find someone and ask NPCs from being a town information desk? Mm. Which is a fair question to be honest with you. That's a good question. I like that. In your traditional D and D, you rock up in a new town and go right. I gather, gather information. information. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You um, find a dude, and he you says... Find the, he tells you there's some goblins over there, and they're not dead yet, and the, the natural state of a goblin in the lawful society is dead, so we have to correct this oversight, blah, 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 blah. Tick in their boxes. So first thing, I would put an actual town information desk in and make them incredibly corrupt. Or just obsequious in the extreme... I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna argue for mine, and then I want you to argue for yours. Okay. I want you to imagine that this is a like. Can you imagine a corrupt tourist information board? Or when you have to bribe with information? Nah, more like like they've been paid off to say things are brilliant when in fact they're terrible. Oh, okay. So you you get into town like, hello, we're looking for adventure. None here, just great economy. <laughs> no goblins here, none at all. Why not check? Why not check out our, our rat-free cellars? We have very high thing. GDP. 
that that sort of thing and i i, I quite, quite like the idea of, of, of like of, of the mayor attempting to drive away adventurers because <laughs> it by just saying there's no adventure what was your obsequious one um what you need is is somebody who's incredibly bureaucratic uh-huh. and answers their awesome. questions like a dm would answer a wish spell oh right okay yeah that's fun a real like, monkey's paw situation. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, take everything incredibly literally, mm. and, and just so, piss them off endlessly. That's one. I think we could also have. So I think like the the core idea for to make any NPC interesting is you find out what the NPC wants and then push towards that. So this NPC wants something. Like they're not just waiting there to 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 tell you about the goblins. What do they want from you at the goblins? Yeah, and so for example, um, they want to take you for a ride. They want to um, they want to have their friend rescued. They want to um, open their farm again because the goblins have been stealing things. If you can, if you, if you can give them a desire and then tie that back into the main plot, that's, that makes them a person suddenly. Yeah, I mean, if you if you essentially make them quest giver and side quest giver, mm. yeah, you get a twofer. Fun. Yeah, I think I think whenever you go in for a mission, there should always be two things to do yeah and like and like whether or not that's apparent at the, at, at the start but like have that as a um as a surprise or have that as a well we're going in to do this as our main thing and our secondary objective is to do this because it just makes things a bit more interesting yeah, always yeah, with or, the optional extras yeah it also generally means that you're not just going in to fight to the death yeah which i find tremendously dull yeah um and a third mix-up we find someone and ask have them not know that's not hugely interesting. No, but like you, you breadcrumb it another way, so okay. like they don't even know yet that goblins are there, mm. and you start seeing them because you're trained mm. and have seen goblins before. Yeah. Like, have you got a goblin problem? Like, no. Or have them answer it as no, we just got goblins, mate. This is where the goblins live. Yeah. And like, like they culturally don't view goblins as a problem, or they're three goblins in a trench coat. Always good. Have yeah. Have the person you talk to be your arch nemesis. Don't listen to my stomach. It's lying. I haven't fed it in a while. Now, come to these caves. Leave your heavy weapons with me. You'll not need them in these safe caves. We've got spa baths up there. That's what we humans like doing. Bathing, isn't it? Excuse me. My eyes are down here. <laughs> not that far down, wrong eyes. <laughs> Oh, oh, my shoulders are getting tired. Shut up, bum! <laughs> you're just legs. You're not anything. Legs can't speak. You drew the short straw. I like the idea that the goblin's name is actually Bum. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you came up with the spa idea and it was fantastic. But that's all you get. Well, I found all that soap on the car. I thought maybe we... We're not building an actual spa, you cretin! We're lying to them about this. I thought it could be nice to maybe have a bath or something. Would you shut up? Maybe that way the goblin girls might like us. And then there's just a sound of kicking from inside a trench coat. <laughs> As it collapses. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the one in the middle just goes, oh, I've fallen over. And then it all sort of rearranges. Oh, sorry, brief disagreement there. Anyway, yeah, no. are you interested in maybe joining our spa membership program? Yeah, it's, we offer very fair rates and quite a range of benefit packages. Weren't you screechier earlier? Oh, yeah. Uh, Hang hang on. It was my idea about the spa. (laughs) Shit! Uh, 
Actually, I've um, I've um, uh, one of one of the many fine benefits we offer is um, herbal tonics to clear one screechy throat. Why not come up to the spa? God, what if what if you just had governors who were actually running a spa and it was shit? <laughs> <laughs> All I've got now is like a goblin-controlled British Empire style. Is that is this is this one of those is this one of those baths with healing mud? Well, it's mud. <laughs> Get in. Might heal you. It smells like it's healing me. Yes! That'll be all the shit. <laughs> oh, do humans not heal from shit? Oh, I see. Is it like some sort of magical manure? No, we shit in it. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> it's just... It's just that one original head goblin who's sabotaging the whole thing. <laughs> Oh, I see. And what's, what's, what's in this face mask? Poison! <laughs> <laughs> oh, should I not get it in my mouth? Doesn't matter! No! No, you're not allowed near the pool with metal weapons. Did you not leave them in the lockers provided? You mean, you mean like, you just mean the hole outside? Yes! Throw the weapons in the sodding hole and come back! <laughs> <laughs> and you, I've seen films, you can't have to stick either. Right, that's it. That's the next campaign. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's problem solved. That's that 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 is three great mix-ups to stop. We find someone and ask. All yeah. three of those mix-ups are the same goblin wearing a coat. <laughs> the three mix-ups are the screechy goblin, the posh bum. goblin, and bum. <laughs> hang on, well, hang on, like, I, I, it's, it's the, I, I, I think we had bum and posh goblin as the same voice. I, I don't think we voiced the middle goblin yet. Oh, see, I thought middle goblin was posh goblin. Oh, okay. So is, is this is this is this posh goblin? Yeah, that's that's posh goblin. Oh, and then Bum's down here. Bum's down there. He's, he's oh, kind of a bit really, wavier and a bit crappy. really heavy. Like prepubescent. Yeah. And then you have the Sergeant Goblin at the top. He's just a dick. <laughs> just a real ass wipe. I've got another question. That was a lovely start. Bil- Bilson Bisonberger. The real Bilson Bisonberger? Of Bilson Bisonbergers? The first one you thought of. Good. <laughs> The Bilson, the Bilson Bison Burger Burgermeister. Um, if I'm making a game, they ask. If I'm making a game where defense is a thing that can be improved, how can I make it more fun than being hit happens less, which is quite passive? Good question, Bilson Bison Burger. One we seek to answer every time we make a rules set. Yeah, we always struggle with defense we have um, real in our problems. games. I think because I find it quite dull too. Yeah. You love defense. I but do because I, I like getting I, numbers big. Yeah, I tend to just write systems and not worry about defending in any way. And um, I think every game I've written recently just has defense as another kind of attack. Yeah. Like, you roll to defend. Because it's more active and it's something mm. more interesting. Yeah, and it just, it just means the GM can make up the world freely without having to worry about, oh, no, I missed you. No, like, you get out of my way. Yeah, and, like, missing is never interesting. Well. Sorry. See, I, no. Missing, Critical... missing and hitting something else is interesting. Critical ones are interesting. Like a natural one is interesting. A two is boring. Yeah. Okay. Any number between critical failure and the target number. Yeah. Is dull as shit. Because and I, th- I think that's actually that's actually more of an issue with with D and D than anything else. Because like D and D operates on a, on a binary pass fail system rather than a gradient. Yeah. Um. And there's no way in D and D to succeed a little bit but also have a problem, which is kind of an interesting thing to happen. 
Yeah. And so you either succeed or you fail, and when you fail, the plot doesn't move forward. I try to hit the guy. You don't hit the guy. Oh, okay. Fine. Go next. Hmm. So we've um we did something like this with Unbound where we had defense kind of we have a defense skill, but we also have stamina, and so stamina is kind of a floating um narrative ability to avoid massive damage. Yeah. So like your stamina can be represented by a brick wall you're hiding behind, or it can be how good you are at getting out of the way or how strong your shield arm is. But the idea is that there are there are small hits which erode stamina and there are big hits which do wounds. And we weren't interested in the middle ground between those two. Yeah. And like, historically speaking, if you've got a sword and you're trying to hit somebody with it, mm-hmm. that's terribly easy. It's 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 more like they're they're putting something in the way. Yeah. They're so defending. like like if if it was difficult to hit somebody with an with a sword or axe, mm. they wouldn't have invented the shield. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's just it's easy to hit somebody. It's harder to hurt them. Yeah, especially if they're also armed. Yeah. So I think that um, I think you can look at things like defense as a, as like um, countering could be fun. And like having, um, like possibly having, let's say, um, in terms of hit points, let's say you have a, um, you have 20 free hit points around and you can spend these as your defense score, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, if you if you lose more than 20 hit points, then you take a serious wound, whatever. But the idea is that um, you could also spend these things to say, um, I'm going to spend five of my hit points to repost this guy. I'm going to spend five of my hit points to um, grab him and throw him back into my mates or run away from him in some way. And so you have the ability to spend stamina in different... A bit like in Dark Souls, how, how like it costs stamina to block and it costs more stamina to roll. That's a, I think, like having that sort of gambling mechanic with your with your defense resource could be interested, could be interesting. Yeah, the only issue then is you do get slightly bogged down in the defense part of the game. Oh, for sure, yeah, it's it's a, it's a fairly boring idea, but you know, first draft. Yeah, um, and you could do stuff like people have damage thresholds, mm-hmm. so hitting somebody is fairly easy, um, and is honestly primarily a role to see if you critically fail or succeed. Yeah. Um, but you have to do like um, hardness in D and D and damage reduction. You have to overcome a certain amount of of damage in one go, right? To actually be able to hurt them and defense yeah, okay. ups that number. Yeah, you need to crack it in some way because yeah. like it's I'm I'm not hugely interested in someone running forward and then missing. Yeah, and I, what... I mean I'm interested in someone running forward and you getting out of the way. One of the interesting thing with giving to use the MMO parlance, your tanks. Mm. Um, damage reduction rather than higher armor class is that it then splits defense into two different methods of defending. Mm. You have upping the actual armor class, i.e. a rogue dodging mm. and not being hit, and then somebody else who is being hit but not getting hurt. Yeah, or you've got you've got your buckets of hit points as well, which is the other way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, so there's DR three. DR is hit points per round. Yeah, there's three different attack, places yeah. you can place that that upgrade to change the flavor of it. But I think I think like um, the the core message I'd give to to Bilson Bosenberger, um, God, what, what a name, um, would be to think of defense as an active ability, 
Yeah. Um, you could, like you, you, you're certainly free to make passive defense, and like it's worked well for D and D and many other games for many years because it can be quite a, a long-winded thing, especially um, if you if both parties are active, that doesn't really work. Yeah. But if you have if you have defense as an active uh, an active ability, it shifts it from the idea of I just have this number which sits there, to I'm going to repost, I'm going to parry, I'm going to dodge, I'm going to roll, I'm going to do things the same way. Or like like. I mean, as I was saying before, you had 20 hit points. Maybe that's not the best idea, but you could have, I'm going to make a reaction to someone attacking me. Yeah. So, um, if, uh, so like, if, if when you, if when you improve defense, um, and someone misses you, you get a free action against them, that sort of thing. That could be a fun situation. Yeah. And I mean, there's also games like, um, if you want to do a complicated combat system, have a read of Riddle of Steel. I've not read that yet. It's, You'll hate it. Yeah. Um, is it good? But it's good. Okay. Um, it's... To to oversimplify, it's rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Um, it's like thrust, parry. Yeah, but there's sword forms. and Okay. So it's, it's very in-depth. Obviously, you only have to know the bit of the rules that apply. Mm. Um, but that, that is probably the, the most accurate combat I've seen in an RPG that's still, mm. in quotation marks, fun. Do you remember that game I sent you? I've forgotten the name of it, but it had like had that big flow chart you get for each sword school. Yes, I can't remember what that's called now. Oh bloody hell! Because it was like I don't think it was really necessarily playable, but it looked great. Yeah, yeah, it was essentially yeah a flow chart, and you 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 worked down. Mm. And so like and so like you'd start off with thrust, and then you could shift into parry or um, block or stab, and then like the idea was that. You you had a limited number of options, and so your opponent would 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 try to outmaneuver you, yeah, but by you... working out what your limited number of options were, and like and and like and occasionally like you could like you could refresh your stance and go back to the start of the flowchart at any point. But it was like it's not a perfect idea for a game. No, I mean especially when you consider that quite often block wasn't at the front. No, well, so I yeah. didn't have the option to block from the beginning. I had to have attacked first. I can see there's some issues there. Yeah, come on. All right, ask me a question. Okay, this one is from Corduroy Carroll. Okay. We, we know you've got real names, people. Don't be afraid to use yeah. them. That's a, I mean, m- maybe they're ashamed to write into this with all the, you know, the boy tour chat. That's fair. Mm. What's a rule from a game you don't like that much? Can you ask that question again properly? What's a rule you... Oh, what's the rule? <laughs> <laughs> what's a rule you like from a game you don't like that much? Okay, that's hard to uh, say. It's hard to answer. Yeah, Corduroy Carol. I'm just imagining her as Carol Carpenter. Fair. Yeah. God rest her soul. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna look at my 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 game shelf and see if there's any I don't like over there. Hang on. I, t- I tend to not keep games I don't like. No. All right, I've got one. What's that? And that is dice as stats from Serenity. Yeah. The Serenity role-playing game is bollocks. It's just not fun. However, the fact that your strength is a D12, your dexterity is a D4, etc. I, I really do like that. And I think it's a very interesting way of assessing relative power mm. and it being phys- a physical thing you can see. Like, if that person's rolling a D12 and you're rolling a D4... Yeah. You're aware straight away that you're probably going to fail, or oh, sorry, come second 
in the race, as it were. My so my favorite game, my favorite rule from a game which I don't like very much. I'm actually going to use three point five for this. Okay. I don't really like three point five very much. I, obviously, I've played it. You know, we all did. But um, I think my favorite rule in this is just the, the. I think almost like the core conceit of three point five that it's it applies the mechanics of Dungeons and Dragons, the physics of Dungeons and Dragons as a science. And so it's possible at level, I think level seven, to tie a rope to an arrow, shoot that arrow into an eagle, and then run up the rope. Yep. With a th- with a high enough balance check, and like if you get like higher up, you can, it's like you can balance on clouds. Sorry, what? Like you can balance on things that aren't there. Yeah. There's and like, there's I like, think it's DC thirty. Oh, it's like um, you can uh, you can hide in spaces smaller than you are. Yes. Which leads to the um, actually yeah I'm I'm going to put forward that you can hide in spaces smaller than you are, which um, gives which gives rise to the um, internal assassin. It's a halfling character. You go in, uh, you 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 move into an enemy's space, and then you simply hide in the enemy. <laughs> and nice they can't within. They can't find you, and you murder. Them. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrifying. Is that is that lead it's goblin again? It's disgusting, is what it is. But I, but I, I, I like I like the whole sort of D and D as in there are there, there are tremendous uh, wonders available to you, and no one else has thought to do this before you. Yeah, there's something quite playful about that. Yeah, the reason that you can balance on a cloud and nobody else can is because nobody else thought you could. Mm. Well, I gave it a shot. It was pretty good. Handled it. So what's, before we ask, let's oh, just sorry? let's just let's just flip it. Okay. What's a rule you don't like from a game from a game you love? Hmm, intriguing. Um, what's the games I love? What game do I love? Um, I really so love is a strong word for what what I felt about World of Darkness, like yep. the second edition of World of Darkness. Um, but I think it was a it was a very good thing for what it did, and considering the time it was in, it was a it was a nice way of telling open horror stories. But the rules that I really didn't like at all were the rules for um, morality tied to madness, yeah. in that if you did something morally wrong, unlawful. You were subject, and 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 the, you did something morally wrong, and you failed your deal with it check. You went mad, which, for a game as oh, progressive is the wrong word, but for a game as weird as Vampire the Masquerade, when you compare it to a lot of the other things available, to have crime equals mental health issues is a really weird line to straddle. Yeah. So I don't like that a great deal. Uh, I think also like it doesn't model madness in in an interesting or accurate way, and you have to be one. Yeah, you, you have to do. You got to be in one of two camps, haven't you? What about you? Uh, I'm going to go with D20, just just that entire bracket. Okay. The the Creative Commons D20 and just mm-hmm. initiative. Yeah, I it's hate weird it, initiative. It's weird how important it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's crucial. If you don't think about it. You're going to get screwed. It's really boring, though. Yeah, and it's tedious. And, and it always, the rogue it always basically goes always first. plays out in the same way. Yeah. And yet and you like, roll a d20 every time, and it just bogs I mean, you down. Fuck me, there's a class based around it entirely. The rogue class is based around, well, I mean, certainly in previous editions, about getting a drop on people. So in that first round of combat, before, like when you act before an enemy's initiative round, you can get in your sneak attack if you're staring them in the face. Yeah. And that is that's tremendously boring to build your character around going first when you could build your character around you know their relationships or even their weapons. Yeah, 
or their magic spells. Or literally anything else. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's kind of lame that, you know, actually, I'm not going to use that phrase. I think it's kind of rubbish um, that um, improved initiative is such a useful feat to take. Yeah. Like getting plus four to your initiative, actually quite a good idea. Yeah. And that's so dull. So, like, per point spent in feats, it's Mm. one of the most powerful feats going. Yeah. Much better than toughness. Yeah. Toughness. Oh, gave you um, what did it, it gave you like point three hit point per level or something? Yeah, plus three hit points per level. Oh, it was rubbish. I I, I, always, I always remember toughness as being the feat you got when you took a toad as a sorcerer's familiar. Yeah. <laughs> See, then it's just, useful because it's free. But it's still like, it's still shitty, and I quite I, I I quite like the idea of what what did you get? I got I got a beautiful multi multicolored flying serpent. What did you get? I got a mysterious cat with eyes of jewel. What did you get? Toad. Does it do anything? No. Does it sleep? To be fair, just this morning we were writing about giant toads. Well, so they must have I, some allure for us. A giant toad is cool, yeah. It's just, just a regular toad. That's fair. Maybe it's you just have like to a carry simulacra. around? Those things are gross. An avatar. You don't have to carry it. It can walk. Have you seen how fast toads walk? This is a magic toad. It's not. It's just a... Okay, it's a magic in that it understands what you say, and maybe you can cast spells through it once you hit level 5 or whatever. But it's not magically fast. You have to put this fucking thing in your pocket. To be fair, feed, it has, a, it has, it has it. a land speed. Like, it is it is actually decently fast for a toad. What? Like, it's got a movement rate. Of what? Five feet around? No, it moves like a person. It's like 30 foot. How? Did, that's got to look fucking ridiculous. Is it hovering? Is it just a sped up toad? Yeah, I'd, I'd just like to assume it's like a VHS on fast forward. <laughs> well, because think about it. If, if you can deliver touch spells through the toad... And the, the toad, toad moves five foot per round. Mm-hmm. That is redundant. That well, is not doing anything for you. That's why I'm saying the toad is a shitty familiar. I'm just going to look up the rules for toad real quick. Real quick. Let's pop into the D20 SRD. Alright. 20 SRD. But yeah, that means toad. that there's literally no point picking anything that doesn't have a fly toad. speed. Here we are. Toad. These diminutive amphibians are innocuous and beneficial since they eat insects. There you go. Speed. Five foot. Really? Mm-hmm. So now I'm I'm also I'm also gonna look up sorcerers just to just just to double check. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Literally. You're gonna have to throw that toad. Yeah. And if it dies, you lose a point of constitution. You know what? Uh, you don't get toughness, you just get plus three hit points. Oh, that's even worse. Because like the bat, master gains a plus three bonus on sp- on listen checks. There's like uh, how owl, fast master is gains a bat. Rat, master gains a plus three bonus on fortitude, so plus two bonus on fortitude saves. And how fast is the rat? Oh, the rat. Well, I assume it's faster than the fucking toad. Find out. I need to know how fast. Fifteen. Fifteen foot. That's still rubbish. It's got fi- it, like also it climbs at that speed and swims at that speed. That's all right. Weasel. Twenty ah, the foot. fabled otter. <laughs> I do want an otter pet in my pocket. They do have like so. It's got half the master's total hit points, which is great. So it's a very tough toad. It uses the master's base attack bonus, so it's a fucking killer toad. I mean, it's a wizard, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and it's a toad that can deliver shocking hands. <laughs> just sort of because like it's got little hands. It just sort of. 
over your hand and then neglect electrocutes you. Yeah, but I imagine that it's got a little purple wizard hat on as well. Just to... third level, yeah, third level. Um, a familiar can deliver touch spells for him. Did nobody while playing this just go, guys? Do you know familiars are rubbish? I don't mean to alarm you. So, like, it isn't a ranged thing, Chris. You have to cast grasp. You have to cast shocking grasp on the toad, who then waddles over. That's why I said then, you've got to throw the toad. Yeah, the next person the toad touches, it triggers. You yeah. can't cast another spell after you've cast a spell on your toad. You've got to what you've got there the is toad. What you've got there is a grenade. Yes. That hopefully <laughs> comes back to you. Otherwise, you die. Well, it doesn't kill you. It's fine. Like, like uh, you just have to like summon another one. I thought you lost constitution. Was that an older edition? I think it's an older edition. Oh, it Shit, blows. man! Toad grenades. Toadnade. Toadnado. I think we were fine with toad grenades. I don't think you needed to portmanteau this any further. I portmanteau everything as well. You know. Yeah, I know. But that do what I can. Sort, sort of makes it into the best familiar in a way. Although I guess ravens probably throw better. Like darts. Yeah. Ravens, nature's darts. They can fly, so they can oh, correct yeah. the aim. Yeah. Oh yeah! But I mean, they're, they're idiots, so like they don't know where they're going. They're smart as heck. Don't leave anything up to the toad. Is, don't, don't, don't leave anything up to the raven. The toad's going where you want it to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you also, I, I imagine you can't make executive decisions. You roll it like playing balls, so it just leans oh. to one side. I was imagining more of a overarm cricket. Throw. Just slam a toad into the ground five foot in front of something so it can hop over on its broken legs. You monster. You cast Shocking Grasp on the toad. You throw it as hard as you can. It does damage when it hits. So, like, D3 damage from having a toad thrown at you, right? Okay. The toad takes equal damage. Whatever, it's got half your hit points. It can take D3 damage. It then explodes with Shocking Grasp. Excellent. And then hops back to you, I presume. Very oh, slowly. Point, at, at that point, you draw your crossbow, shoot it, and summon another. <laughs> <laughs> Just kill it. <laughs> I'm done with you. But master, could you put could you put weapon properties on it and have it a returning toad? Because that um, that it, always that always made me laugh when you had like in my throwing, campaign, yes, throwing axes with the returning property. You're gonna lose a finger, aren't you? Yeah, you'd throw it, and then this axe would do exactly what you've just done to kill a man. Back to you. Maybe, like, maybe it doesn't like spin through the air. Maybe, like, it just flies back with its handle out to you straight, like Thor's hammer do. You still got to catch it. That's okay. You're, you're like, it's magic. It's supposed to be caught. Okay. I think that's okay. It's a bit like I think like returning throwing knives. That's a tricky one. Yeah, I think I'm losing returning a shuriken. Returning darts. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. Well, I mean, halflings get. Someone pulled out my hand. Weapons. Sorry. Halflings get bonuses to thrown weapons. So what you say? So you just play a halfling darts champion. Yeah, or you know, stone thrower. I guess is the traditional one. I'd much rather have a halfling darts champion, like like this 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 little tubby fucker. <laughs> Always with a pint and like seven gold rings. Coming up to the Ochi now is the, Thorin Longfoot. The Ochi. That's what they call it, isn't it? The Ochi. It's an Oki. Oki, I don't shit. Shit, I've ruined it. I've ruined it. <laughs> Ochi, I like, because... I've only ever seen it written down. It's, it looks like there's supposed to be eight of them. And it's all like like Robin Hood. What does Ochi mean, then? I don't know. It's the, it's, the, okay. it's the line you stand at. Like, I used to watch Bullseye. You ever watch Bullseye? Yeah, with the bald uh, fella. Americans. Jim, Jim Bowen. Americans. We used, we, used, we used to have a, a darts TV show called Bullseye. 
and there was a um, there was the, the the mascot for Bullseye was a bull cool. in a striped shirt called Bully. And Bully had a special bonus every round, which you could get by playing darts really well. That was the game you play fucking darts. Yeah, but ima- um, imagine imagine like a really seedy pub. And uh, Take all the people out of it and put them in a television yeah. studio. Yeah. And like, and it's like, I, I think this is back when you, you were still allowed to smoke in t- television studios, or whether oh, or not yeah. you were allowed, people did. You could not stop them. And Jim Bowen, the host, was just—he looked like someone's abusive father. Yeah, on on what is eightieth cigarette of the day? Eightieth cigarette. I'm guessing fifth pint. Yeah. Like he's been drinking since lunch, so he's not gone, but he's he's getting there. Yeah. And like ev- everybody there is half cut. Oh my god! I'm like I used to watch that. I used to watch that on a Saturday night when I was seven. <laughs> and you grew up to be the well-adjusted human you are now. These motherfuckers with YouTube today, we had to make do. Porn in the woods and Jim Bowen on Saturday nights. <laughs> Fucking Noel Edmonds. The only entertainment we had was the one of those little dancing purple monkeys on our terrible computers. <laughs> It's all we had in our day. For years, Bonsai Buddy were my only friend. Admittedly, I was a teenager when that came in, but that was—it was really creepy. That thing. I didn't like yeah, it. yeah, because it was spyware. Well, aside from that, it was creepy. <laughs> it's just—it's—it's it's a nasty, nasty place to be. All right, next question. Next question. And this, from I'm guessing again, not the real Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, probably not. Being Isn't fiction. he living with the elves now? Yeah, very old fella. Yeah. Ooh, this is verbatim. <laughs> Lol. Good start. Did one shot get a single one of the three rules they used right? Bit of a shame. <clears throat> interesting, interesting question. Uh, I'm presuming, I'm presuming this is in reference to uh, one shot's recent um, Unbound campaign. Sorry, uh, Unbound uh, one shot game they did. So, I'm going to confess to something here. I didn't and could not listen to OneShot's performance of our game. Because I was so excited to say, oh man, OneShot podcast, I love OneShot podcast, those guys are great, I really like James DeMarto, he's got a lovely voice, he's an erudite character and a great games master. And Cat Cool was there as well, and I'm like, fuck, this is going to be great. They're playing my game as well, so there's kind of, there's kind of like some nervousness about this. Yep, for sure. Two issues. One, they were remaking characters from the very first episode of One Shot, which happened 200 episodes ago. So the entire thing was in jokes, and I had no idea what anyone was talking about. And secondly, one of the characters had an accent, which I'm going to see if I can see if I can re- reproduce the accent. Hang on, I need something to say. I need something to read out in the accent. Anyway, I've got I've got an instruction manual for a, for a fan here. <clears throat> If colours of the wires in the means lead of this appliance do not correspond with the coloured marking, identifying the terminals in your plug, proceed as follows. Nope. 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 Couldn't endure it. I'm sure I'm sure you're a lovely person, whoever did that voice, but oh no. No, I'm good. I'm done. And also I'd like to point out here that one of the core defining things about Armbound is making your own world and thus making new characters. Well, yeah. Yeah, and so apparently James D'Amato didn't use any rules until the end. I think because like, there's a follow-up comment on that, like he didn't use any rules until uh, the end. James D'Amato ignoring cool games, cool rules till hour three, then butchering them. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm glad. I'm glad that you know they played it. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know what happened to the game. Um, I don't know what James did to the game, and I like. I might sit down at some point and listen through, but it's always there's there's a weird sense of of being very unsettled when someone plays your game and starts changing your rules on the fly. Yeah, because it, it or it, getting them wrong. It happens. It's fine. But it does feel strange to listen yeah, to. Like no, that's not how that bit goes. That's not. Oh, you're doing it wrong. Or like, so I shut up and sit down. Play Goblin Quest. Or play Sean Bean Quest ages ago, and like, for the first hour, they get every rule wrong, all of them. And it's like, it's not a long game, boys. They're not. It's not terribly complex. No, but they get every rule wrong, and and they and then like halfway through, they realise, oh shit, actually, okay, you know, um, and then and then they work it out. Um, but you know they still had fun. It's Goblin Quest, so it's not it's not hard. it's not easy to break. You know, like, yeah. it can't be broken. It's not. It's like trying to fold a sphere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I I I hope it was good. Um, I hope it didn't put you off playing Unbound. If it was, <laughs> if they if they utterly butchered the rules, and I'm sure I'm sure it lured people in. I'm sure yeah. our sales have gone up. Um, and like to be fair, Bilbo Baggins did say, "Cool games, cool rules." Yeah. Yeah, that's us. Is, yeah, that, that, that's how we roll, baby. Yeah, oh, yeah, cool games, cool rules, cool boys. <laughs> cool boys. No. Never have we been described as that before. <laughs> People used to think I was cool about before they knew me. Oh, I see. Yeah, from a distance. So like, like, well, like, quite common. Quite commonly, people can't be like, Grant, you seem so cool. I said, like, no, it's an act. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's all a lie. I write about goblins for a living. I just dress kind of nice. Yeah. You do spend a lot of money on scarves. I do, yeah. I need to cut down on that. But no, I mean, just just to other podcasts out there, if if you want to play our game and get the rules wrong, that's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. Like, feel free. In fact, what what I'd recommend if you want to play a game and get the rules wrong, read like what one of the one shots that I put out. So one of the one page games, because that's my, if you if you're just going to ignore the rules, just ignore fewer rules. It saves a lot more time. All right, it saves everyone time. I'm sure people will still have fun. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> now seriously, the thanks for playing it because like the publicity is real nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Nexus the duck asks, "Hey Nexus, valued patron Nexus, rank the core D and D classes using any criteria you desire." Oh my. Mm. So this is this is coming off the back of a um, image which ranked all of the base classes of D and D. Um, in terms of top switch or bottom, yeah. Um, in uh, in sex terms, it's a sex thing. I am interested in talking about them in a sex way. All right, but we you, can't you... do Shagmari Kill because there's too many of them. Yeah, that's true. What's another criteria we can break? We can break it down by that. We, we can work out what kink they're into. All right, barbarian. Barbarian. You got you got the the threat of of blood play because of the raging. I think yeah. I I, I think the, like they'd, pro- they'd probably have sprays to, all over the place. They'd probably have to get into blood play because they probably break their own nose a lot just while they're having sex. <laughs> the headbutting will do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we have blood play. The bard. Um. I'm guessing. The bard does a lot of mind control stuff, don't they? That's weird. Yeah, so I'm guessing they're doing like some weirdo dom shit. Yeah. yeah. Sort of hip- like, hypnosis style. You know what? 
People as furniture. That's the bard's kink. Yes! Yeah. Clerics? Depends on the god, obviously. But let's, let's, let's assume Pell or the default D&D god. Yeah. Sun symbol. Sex outside. Picnic sex. In the woods. <laughs> Picnic sex! Picnic sex! I've got a blanket, a nice mellow, <laughs> some cucumber sandwiches, and bonking. <laughs> and a fistful of rubber johnnies. Hey! <laughs> hey! Everyone in the basket. <laughs> what, what, what do you think clerics are into then, sex-wise? I don't know. I, I think... Because they're, 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 they're traditionally the religious, I think it's only for procreation. Oh, uh, okay. But like that's what they say, right? Oh, so we're going Victorian here. It's like, no, sex is filthy. Sex is filthy. Bring me that horse. Sex is <laughs> filthy. Just all horses. Going to watch two horses having sex. I think saying druids are furries is too obvious. Yeah. I think there's got to be something more interesting going on there. Unless it's reverse, like that they like having sex with humans as bears. You know what? I'm be- I bet the kinkiest available thing for a druid would be to hire a hotel room and have a bath. <laughs> I think I think the kinkiest available shit for a druid is just to do normal vanilla holiday sex. <laughs> I'm gonna have a massage. <laughs> Hello, room service. Yes, kill and cook something for me, please. Yes, hello. Yes, could you send somebody up to wash my hair? Hi, yes, terribly sorry. I've run out of bubble bath. I was wondering if you could send up some more. Also some lobster. (laughs) What a lot of lobster on a metal dish. And seeing and seeing as like druids are all about procreation as well, and, and, and they're they're all about like bestial and all, all about the um like the, the vitality of life. There's no one else there. They're just having a wank. Yeah. They just completely waste. It's a posh their, wank. Well, as, as as a dude, they'd, they'd waste their seed. As a lady, I guess they'd just have a nice time. Um, they have they have they have a luxury wank. Yeah. A mate of mine used to refer to a posh wank as putting a condom and then having a wank. <laughs> I don't. I don't see the point in that. It's the waste of a condom and a wank. <laughs> the logic defeats me. I'll be honest with you. Mm, mm. Fighter. Fighter. Masochist. Sexy armor. Masochist. Yeah. Yeah, definitely masochist. Because like the fighter's job, they don't have any sort of magic or anything. Their job is to get punched in the face for the thing, and you've got to you've got to try and you've got to get kinked into that, huh? Yeah. Sorcerer's restriction. And bondage, because the the old the old iconic Hennet with all of his buckles. <laughs> Hennet wore nothing but belts. Yeah, not naught but belts. Okay, all right, okay. Hmm, paladins. Oh, paladins. Hmm. You know, I I know what it is, Chris. What is it, Grant? You know, they they call it the Paladins Mount for a reason. So that's that's bestiality. Hmm. But with a celestial horse. Celestial Dire Badger. Celestiality. I like it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Monks. Um, Monks an, are the most boring class. I can't onanism. think of anything interesting. Was that masturbation? Yeah. Mm. That's it. Mm. What, they just they just have a wank? But like yeah. on a mountain. Yeah, well they're one with everything. I'm not I'm not feeling monks. I can't I don't think I can't imagine a monk having sex. No. Or oh, like not in an interesting way. Because now, like every monk in my head looks like the guy from Avatar: The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. with, the, with the arrow. Rangers. I'm going to go for kidnap fantasies. I guess. Because 
because I like I'm I'm always imagining rangers as being surrounded by people with archers, like they're surrounded by archers, or like or like they they do ambushing. Yeah, like rangers do quite sneaky um, about like deployment of force. So I can definitely imagine a ranger like getting tied up by someone they fancied. <laughs> Darling, I'd like to try something new today. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to release you into the woods, and, I, and then hired, I'm going to chase you like a ball. I've hired eight stout men to assist me. <laughs> they're going to they're going to hit the bushes with sticks to try and drive you out, mm. and then I'm going to chase you. And I will like that very much. And when I catch you, we shall go for dinner at the club. And then afterwards, I have hired eight stout men to help you chase me through the woods. But I am Trixie! (laughs) I'm Wily like the fox. I am Wily like the fox. I have whispered. The fox has whispered the secrets of his powers into my ears, so I have armed you and your men with guns. He whispered such arcane secrets to me. He said, all but, all but one of the guns. <laughs> Run. <laughs> all but one of the guns fire blanks. I'm positively tremendously thinking Who will be my murderer? <laughs> also, in my head, this is just Aragorn the whole time. It's like the iconic ranger. <laughs> but with a posh voice. We don't know what he sounds like, do we? Sugar lumps. I, 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 like Aragorn could sound like anything. Yes. I don't think Vega Morton. Vega Morton is not my iconic Aragorn. You know what? Maybe Aragorn sounds like this. Just Hello, a it's me, Aragorn. <laughs> I'm the I'm future the king, king of Gondor. Uh, I'm really into elves. Uh, two hobbits lay here. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to fight in a war. Uh, don't want to be the king of men. I'm Aragorn. Uh, um... Legolas, what do you elf I see? <laughs> what do they see now? Uh, they see the orcs and the spa. Have you been to the spa? <laughs> I have heard many great things about the spa. <laughs> they got all the knots out of my beard. <laughs> Sorry, honestly, that was too traditional a Gimli voice. Can I try again? You can. Redo. <clears throat> Why, they got all the knots out of oh, my Jesus. beard. <laughs> I apologise to everybody who, like me, just lost an eardrum. Oh, well, you, you can lower the, the volume, can I you? will not. <laughs> well, G-Bar, howdy. There we go. I can't wait to go to one of them spas and get my beard cleaned. These axes are making me sweaty. How y'all like an Erebor? <laughs> a dragon? Oh me, oh my. Oh no. An elephant? Looks like you'll have to toss me. <laughs> Never toss a dwarf. I really, I really like, I really like the idea of saucy southern Gimli. Yeah. I just completely changes the character. I just want to see if I can look up a quick Gimli quote. It's real quick. You can cut out a bit where I'm searching. Right? All right, yeah, well. So, for example, certainty of death, small chance of success. What are we waiting for? That could have been much better. I was hoping we'd get something dwarfy in yeah. there. They're all just saying certainty of death. These are I all believe you've missed the prime one, which is me and my ex. Oh, me and my ex. I do declare, Silly old sir. Me. I shall ride with the fellowship. I tell you what, just revoicing Lord of the Rings mm. would be an entertaining day. So I, I really like this podcast called Muff Movies, and they do um, 
they do they've they've done the two uh, they, they're up to the third Lord of the Rings film now, and what they do is they they simply reimprovise a film, right? And they don't do any of the normal voices, but like Gimli has a Scots accent in that. But I think I think we could I think we could do something. Well, we couldn't do along those lines. It's completely stealing their idea, and also this is not the podcast for it. No. But I really just want to revoice Lord of the Rings. Well, we can do that next time we watch Lord of the Rings. Fine. Well, okay then. Well, good then. And a court has been reached. Probably want another question there, don't we? Ask me another question, Chris. Okay. This comes from Sir Kenson on Reddit. Mm-hmm. How much information do you tell players before you start a campaign? Hmm. All? Y- yes, all to 90%. Yeah, I tell them basically all the information, and um, if there's anything which I don't... Well, actually, yeah, no, I tell them all, and then I make up stuff. Yeah, you add to it, because you want everybody to be on the same page, like we've talked about before. You want everybody with the same goals, Mm. cooperating, and driving a plot forwards together. Whereas if you just say, there's nothing, and now you must defend the duchy from the evil kobold menace. Mm. You're going to have one person who's like, my dad was a kobold. I am a kobold. I do not want to kill the kobolds. Why would I do that? That Michael Caine, the kobold. Michael Caine is much more nasally. No, you see, see, what you're doing there, you're doing a fake Michael Caine. What I'm after for here is the tormented Michael Caine. Master Bruce... I've loved you for so many years, Master Bruce. I just can't go That's on. Closer Bruce. to Bricktop than it is. Jeez. Bricktop. Bricktop is more around here. Bricktop. Hang on. It's no, something more crap, isn't it? Yeah. Bricktop is an horrible. I'm not going to say the word. I'm not going to say it on this podcast. But he is one. He is one. Do you know the definition of nemesis? Or is that um, is that from Pulp Fiction? No, that's that that that's Bricktop. Yeah, okay. Anyway. anyway. Yeah. You need to be on the same page. Yeah, so tell people everything. Yeah. Except for the odd twist. I think also, like, um, I think telling people the broad motivations of your of your factions, but not the individual motivations of the actors within those factions can make for an interesting plot. Yeah. So, let's say, for example, the Principality of Shadow. Uh, sorry, no, not the Principality of Shadow. Um, the, what were they fucking called? We had like a shadow corporation, but like they actually farmed shadows in a cyberpunk game we were running. And one of their, um, what like their main operative was Ms. Pitch. And so they wanted to, 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 to try and um, uncover nightmarish secrets from beyond the Ken of Man. And Ms. Pitch wanted to do this, but also she wanted to capture the player characters because one of them was her ex-girlfriend and she just wanted to try and get back together with them. Right. And that just gives you a different... It gives you another layer on top, a bit like with the NPCs. Like, what does the NPC want? Like, you don't you don't have to tell everyone what the NPCs wants, but if you give people a broad idea of what a faction's after, then that means it's not going to be a horrible surprise. Yeah, and I mean, like at the very least, you want to do a, a good elevator pitch. Mm. Like, you shall be descending the, the dungeon steps to fight Sarnath, the demon dragon. He sounds he sounds bad, right? Yeah, but like it, it that puts everybody on the page enough that they don't know what's going to go on. They know there's a dragon fight, so they're looking forward no, the, the, to something. The, there's a dungeon. There's definitely a dungeon. And he's, and he's a demon dragon as and well. And demon dragon, so there's some of that mm. going on. But like that works with um, published adventures as well, if, you, if uh, yeah. you're the person who runs those. Then you can flip mm. to the back, mm. read through the blurb, 
and paraphrase it to the players, and that generally will give you enough to go on. I think it's always nice to whet the players' appetites and give them some information because if you don't tell them anything before you start a campaign, they're all starting on, on a different page, and no one, no one feels sure about acting in that world. Yeah, and it also gives you ample time beforehand to get for somebody to go. Um, I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, it just gives you that extra buffer. Like we're going to be dealing with succubi. Uh, we're not. I, I think. I think also there's a um, there's a desire to hide information from the players and to keep it to yourself so that it doesn't go wrong so you have full control over it and l- learning to, to 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 lose that desire and learning to lose that learning to trust your players is a hugely important skill yeah and well, we're, uh, we're moving and, and away and from that confrontational years. yeah dm player well, I mean, like, like you can run it you can run a game in that confrontational style but it only works if you put them, if you trap them in an area where they don't need to know about the world. So, like, you wake up in a dungeon and you have amnesia. All right, yeah, sure. And, like, you can find out about what's going on and you can learn. But, unfortunately, you have to you have to give the players some agency to act in accordance with the setting. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise they, they're not going to feel confident enough to do it or their actions won't make any sense. Yeah. And the last thing you want is somebody going, well, I don't know what, I don't know what, uh, factions there are, yeah, or like I don't know what I can do. Yeah, so That's I don't I don't know what my options are, and not mm. and not asking because mm. they they feel bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just going quiet. And I think I think a lot of new players um, end up in that in that situation where like the GM's got this well sorted out, and maybe like they, they've been drafted into an ongoing campaign, and they're just like, hi, I'm an elf, and they don't know what to do, and so they and they think that all D and D is just sitting around waiting for something to happen. Yeah, and it's not. No, no, it's, it's sitting around and making something happen. Mm-hmm. I have one last question. All right, question me up. Intimidating things to say. This question comes in from. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. This question comes in from Nightingale, um, and they say, "Hive mind." For an upcoming 5e campaign, I'll be playing a retired human war veteran, fighter rogue, that uses a sword and shield. It's the first time I'll be routinely trying to use, in inverted commas, intimidation. What are some ideas for cool and intimidating things I can say to the bag guys? I presume they meant bad guys. Mm-hmm. Please no threats of rape or abuse, fine, as I feel they have no place in our game or on this forum. I'm okay with cursing and maybe being a little vulgar. I Aww. think... So, I'm just going to come down to here. I think intimidation often runs... Like, I think... A threat of abuse is intimidation? Yeah. Like, that, that's very difficult to remove that. But I'm interested in coming up with some intimidation techniques that have no threats of abuse and then maybe being a little vulgar. Um. I'm going to hit you with my sword. No, that's too abusive, isn't it? Yep, that's, that's dangerous. You're so going to be sorry that you stood in front of me. There you go. Yeah, that's good. You'll hate that you crossed me this day. That's good. I like that. Yeah. If your mum was here and still alive, I'd murder her. Good. Because like, because you can't kill her, can you? Because she's already dead. That's genius. That's good. No threat. Of, no no threat of abuse. That's good. I would do that. That's good. Yeah. Whatever transpires here today, you will end up emotionally distraught. I'm swinging my sword in front of me, and if you choose to get in the way of it, that's your problem. <laughs> I'm just going to go like this. Uh, oh, oh, okay, how about this one? 
Also, also, um, also, I'm okay with cursing maybe being a little vulgar, right? Yeah. Looks like I won't have to use these bloody potions of healing after I fight you. <laughs> hmm? Well, pretty scary, huh? <laughs> That's pretty good. Or just fucking fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Shit! <laughs> Co goblins! Tell that cocking cleric to sit down. I fucking got this. <laughs> Jab off, nerfling. <laughs> you fight like a fucking goblin, you bellend. <laughs> My swordsmanship is shitting excellent. Oh, a basilisk, is it? How about you join the ever-increasing line of people who are here to suck my left nut? <laughs> Fuck all y'all. <laughs> Why don't y'all swivel on these bad boys and just give everyone the finger and spin around? Yep. That could work. That's fine, because like, cause I, I, I was, I, initially I was thinking we couldn't swear, but that makes everything scary. Yeah. I'm going to fucking win. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me with this intimidation tactic. Like, boo. Listen up, you runny shitting motherfuckers. <laughs> this is my fight to win. And in fact lose. You will have no part in this fight. I'm not getting much rogue off them. No. I don't even need to bother to fucking sneak. I've got a knife. You gotta swear. I've got a fucking knife. <laughs> <laughs> She's been, I've got a fucking knife! <laughs> That's perfect! That's the one! That's the one! Just no use it every time. No threat of abuse. Okay with cursing. Yep. Maybe a little vulgar. I've got a fucking knife! And I'm aware of its methodology for use! No, like, just, I've got a fucking knife. It's perfect. That's the one. I'm gonna, I'm, I might just pop in and, and reply to the comment. <laughs> just say, I've got a fucking knife. Well, I think I think that's all of our questions today. There's oh, there's um there's some so, so there's, there's been some responses in the thread. Oh, important! I'll make a salad with your nails. <laughs> Hero comes back spitting teeth. God, are those your teeth? Some of them. Some of them, yeah. <laughs> if you fuck like you fight, it's no wonder you'll die childless. Let's Bit test that. Come over here and kiss me. Bit personal. <laughs> I would like a game where you could have hot makeouts in the middle of fights. That'd yep. be great. Well, it's hot makeouts or fights. Yeah, for sure. Well, like same scene. Are you a fucking or a fighting? Because I'm okay with either. To the pain. Stop stealing from Princess Bride. Ah, oh, is that what it says? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's right. for two coppers more. I would have been your father. I mean, that's an insult. It's a. It's a straight. Mm. It's like I did your mum. I did your mum. Well, actually, no, did your mom. As I didn't do your mum. I went with a cheaper prostitute. Or, I did your mum, but I didn't pay her enough to let me ejaculate inside her. I guess. That's not great, that one. It's only like, because it's the lowest ranked comment. I'm just I'm just working out for two, cop two coppers more, I would have been your father. I'm just wondering how that, how that comes across as a threat. Yeah. I'm your real dad. <laughs> Your enemy walks over and wordlessly drops two coppers in your palm. Papa? <laughs> Son! How's your mother? Still a whore! 
we started as enemies, but today you've bought yourself a father. <laughs> Looks like you've bought yourself a dad. Coming this fall, I bought a dad. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Dean Kane as the animated dog. <laughs> Is anyone? Is anything else in the film animated? No. Does Dean Kane talk? Is he just? Does he just do the oh no, he talks. For the dog. I was so thinking it was just mocap. No, he talks incessantly. Just, just a shambling man dog with no voice. <laughs> <laughs> and he's your dad. <laughs> for two coppers. Uh, oh, that's fantastic. For two coppers, I'll be anyone's dad. Okay. Right. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lonely. <laughs> I'll pay to be a father. We'll be your dad. Uh, yeah, we will. <laughs> Come to the spa. There's a special room for dads. <laughs> and uh, one for sons. That's near the weapon pit. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. Um, leave, leave your weapons in the pit for your son. We've got these new mint masks that you sort of put on. Uh, and it leaches all the toxins out of your skin. Replaces them with new, more virulent toxins. Yeah, the uh, so the so the mint masks they're they're um they're gathered from the community. We find um, uh, gum, xanthine gum um from um, from pavements and scrape that up and then repurpose that. Um, you mean chewing gum? Yes, we mean chewing gum. Yes, yes, yes. yes. yes it's all it's, it's 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 all it's all naturally acquired. Uh, we mix it with mint, uh, mm-hmm. some nettles, mm-hmm. a little bit of piss. Very. very and then you just you just apply I mean, it under the eyes and in problem areas, and then your yes. face just falls the fuck off. Our motto here is the at the, the Goblin Sparrows: "There's a little bit of piss in everything we do." I piss in everything. <laughs> we can't stop him. So we've tr- we've tried to turn that bug into a feature. Try and stop me, you fuckers! <laughs> I'm doing it now. This is my tea. <laughs> I have a problem. This is my fetish. This is what monks are into. I'm a monk. Help me. <laughs> Save right. me from me. Right. Okay. We should stop before we destroy yeah. the other eardrum. Yeah, I'm so sorry, uh, everyone. I'm so warm. It's Thank you so day. much for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. If you've enjoyed this and you are not currently a patron, you, you can't be a patron. A patron is a crowdfunding website. If you're not currently a patron... Go to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends, where you can um, see all the episodes. Uh, and if you like what you see, you can give us a little bit of money. If you give us uh, $3 an episode, we uh, we give you access to our hot and exciting hearty dice friends uh, hangouts, which we do once a month. And also, which, which are poppers. Which are pretty cool. And we get, uh, we get also, we've got the um, hearty dice friends Discord, which we have quite a nice chat room in there. Um, and um, if you. Uh, also, um, I'd, like to, I'd like to I'd like to put out a special thank you three weeks late to um, Sean uh, Smith, who has funded us for the very first Hearty Dice Friends lecture, which we delivered on Beyonce. No, it was on stage presence, but it very rapidly became about Beyonce and Desmond. Desmond, oh Desmond Timid, yes, your alter ego. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> point is, if you like what you hear, um, we we would like you to give us some money because we like it when people give us money. For um, eating we, and such. For eating, like, well, obviously we're, we're going to keep really, we're going to keep releasing these for free because it's a podcast and you can't really charge for podcasts. But um, we we have great fun doing it and we would love to be able to do it better, so to get more equipment and shit like that. Um, so that we don't cap out the mics when we do goblin voices. Um, which I, I'm bringing those guys back every episode. <laughs> They'll no. introduce the next one. 
they're, they're gonna present the next one. Um, the um, the other thing, um, you can go to soundcloud.com forward slash hearty dice friends, which will give you uh, all of our episodes up till now. And if you like us, please tell a friend about us. Uh, tweet about us, review us if you'd like on iTunes. We have actually hit proper reviewing status now, so we are a five-star podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby, five of them stars, which is nice. Thank you so much, everyone, who's dropped us a review. Um, and that's us. We love you so much, and we just want to give you a big old kiss and a cuddle and, and bring you some bonbons. Take you to and a nice may- spa weekend. Yeah, we, 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 we know, know just the place. We know this place up in the mountains. There's this guy. He's um his voice is a bit changeable, but he seems to have well his heart isn't in the right and place. And he's very either. tall. It is cheap, and that he doesn't seem to understand what money is. So yeah. that's great. We uh, go. He, he he accepts payment in rats. Um, do you have all your shots? And by do you have all your shots, I mean have you bought a crossbow? Yes, because the place is riddled with gun. goblins. We're gonna need a gun, but anyway, um, come with us. We'll bring you bonbons. I might bring you some so those nice Japanese mochi, those little like rice, oh, those little chewy rice thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have some nice sake. We'll go for some sashimi. We'll have a full Japanese experience. We'll go walk under the sakura. We'll put on kimonos. I'll swing you round, and before you can say cultural appropriation, you'll be in our arms and we'll be kissing you both of us at once on the mouth. It's really strange. It will be lovely. Mm -hmm. thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again next week bye